Hello, Goldmine readers and listeners. This is Pat Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine and goldminemag.com. And welcome to the Goldmine Magazine podcast. It's the end of October, and here's our latest podcast, our last podcast for October. Uh, for this for the podcast, we're going to chat with Joe Vitale, a drummer for Joe Walsh's current band. And Joe Vitale was also a member of Joe Walsh's Barnstorm Band back in the 70s. You, you will remember them. And Joe Vitale will talk about the current tour with Joe Walsh, uh, when Joe Walsh is not touring with the Eagles, that is. And Joe Walsh and the band did tour with Tom Petty's, or did tour on Tom Petty's 40th anniversary tour, just before Tom unfortunately passed away. Um, Joe will talk about his moments with Tom Petty on the tour as well. Then we'll switch gears to the Persuasions, an acapella doo-wop group founded in the early 60s who have really embraced all kinds of rock and roll throughout their career. Uh, They were discovered and signed by none other than Frank Zappa, and they were signed on Frank's Straight Records. Their first album was uh, Acapella in 1970, and... The Persuasions have a unique talent of putting out albums covering rock acts like The Beatles, Grateful Dead, and Zappa. Uh, their newest collaboration is with the Bare Naked Ladies, in fact, and it's an album called Ladies and Gentlemen, Bare Naked Ladies and the Persuasions. Uh, pretty direct title, huh? And it's on Vanguard Records. Uh, joining us will be original members uh original member jay otis washington and current member dave revels as uh he's the singer and vocal arranger uh but first we'll talk to joe vitale with one of our writers warren kurtz as our guest after this quick message from cygnusradio.com hey i'm ronald webb and this is patrick prince and together we host the goldmine radio hour the show that features the latest issue of goldmine the music collectors magazine tune in sunday at 7 p.m eastern time on cygnusradio.com and pat we've got joe vitale on the phone with us joe how are you hey pat how you guys doing today it's good talking to you it's a pleasure you too so Joe, you're on you're on tour right now with Joe, right? Joe Walsh. Uh, he's he, this month is uh, my off month because he's with the Eagles this month, and we start up November first. Ah, uh, okay. I was I was thinking about that because you'll be playing, I think, Mohegan Sun, correct? Yeah, uh, we got a benefit there, and then we go into Vegas, and then. Um, uh, and then, uh, we've got, then I don't know, she hadn't given us December yet, so. So you've been in contact, you've pretty much been in constant contact with Joe Walsh, right? I mean, from the Barnstorm yep. years to the touring with him now, you've always, you've next got. Next year, next year makes 50 years. Wow. wow. <laughs> Met him in 68. And you guys still sync? While playing the same way as you did? During... Absolutely. Yeah. We're actually better. We're actually well, I'm better sure. Now. You're used to each other more, right? 
I guess, you know, we just they don't even have to look at each other anymore, you know. And so uh, it's a nice feeling. It's really good. I mean, you, you know, it takes a lifetime to build that relationship. And, uh, and you know, you don't just get that overnight. Sometimes it happens quicker than other times. But, you know, we've, we've, we've been on the same stage for almost 50 years. And because you're on the same stage now with them on tour, do you do you play more Barnstorm songs, or is it just we've been, doing, we've been doing a bunch? He's been adding more and more, and ever since this Colorado Hall of Fame thing, uh, he's uh, he's uh, really excited about that. You know that band, and that was a, it was a great band, and uh, uh, our performance I thought at, at the Colorado Hall of Fame thing was excellent. I thought we. I thought we sounded better than we used to, so and we used to be good. So <laughs> maybe you could tell a little bit more about the Colorado Hall of Fame. How did that all come about? Well, we were inducted into the Hall of Fame with Bill Simzik uh, as a uh, uh, special guest, and then it was uh, coincided with the Dan Fogelberg CD release, and 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 then Jim Gershow that owned Caribou Ranch. That was Caribou Ranch was inducted and. Uh, it was a, just a big Colorado thing and family, and we were uh, we made the very first record at uh, at uh, Caribou Studios. Right, right. Um, the the Barnstorm album was right. the very first. They weren't even done with the studio yet, and we were in there recording. They were, you know, we they didn't have uh, all the kitchen and bathrooms and everything which they were working on while we were up there recording. And um, so you had to use so an outhouse. <laughs> Yeah, we did the best we could. Uh, usually uh, outside, yes. <laughs> and in the minus ten in the winter. So. Oh my God! And you were so you feed quick. And you moved. Well, you were used to the winter. You moved from Cleveland, right? Right. We, me and Joe, were both at Kent, uh, Kent State uh, right. University, and um, he moved first to Colorado. Then he had me come out and. Uh, he he was more brave than me. He lived up in Netherlands, which was eight thousand feet, and uh, I lived in Boulder. I couldn't deal with eight thousand feet. There was, it was bad enough in Boulder. Beautiful out there, but man, I just I don't like winter that much. <laughs> so, well, it is know, a different animal a, than Cleveland. You you. Well, yeah, I'm not a skier, and I don't like winter sports. I'm more of a summer person, and so. But it it didn't matter. That's where he wanted to put the thing together, so that's where we all went. And how did the uh, the Vets Aid Festival go? Wasn't that in Fairfax that in September? Out, outstanding. Uh, Keith Urban, Zach Brown Band. These guys are so good. And um, Keith Urban, what a great person he is, and a great artist. And uh, I think Joe's going to do a couple a year now because it went off so well. Ah. Uh, he's going to think about doing more of these it's a good thing it's a great cause you can't go wrong doing something like that you know yeah the and veterans so, don't get enough uh, care or no never they never do and and if somebody doesn't step up and do it nobody will so why not why not you know what the heck um i knew he was trying to do it as an annual thing but it's good to hear now he wants to do it as a as more than well, once a year. Well, we might do a couple of year now because it went over so well, and we raised a nice amount of money for the vets, and uh, everybody had a great time. It was a it was a win win all the way around. So, you know, when you have something like that, you know, you don't forget and you do it again. You know. Do you generally like playing uh, festivals like out air festivals rather than the clubs? You know, you, I, I couldn't. Well, festivals are one thing; they're kind of a cluster, you yes. know, and. 
they, 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 it takes a lot of organizing to, to get a festival to work smoothly, and none of them ever do. <laughs> and the sound but it's is okay. There's, you know, there's curfews. There's, there's times when you know you're supposed to be off the stage or get set for the next band, and when you got multiple bands like that, and all this equipment, and all these mic settings, and all this, it's usually. You know, it's crazy, but you know, the, it, it, you pull it off. But like I say, the better the better stage management you've got, the better organized it is. That's all. You know, it just takes a lot of cooperation by all the bands. Well, how has the tour been so far? Have you been? Uh, it's been well, pretty it's good. Really good. Uh, yeah, it, it's just so fun. And uh, Joe's at the top of his game. He's just playing and singing great. And um, the band sounds great, and we're you know we're just we're having a great time. So um, we're you know we we ain't stopping. <laughs> well, a friend of yours and an icon passed away, Tom Petty. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that because you you guys were on tour with him, and uh, just when the tour ended, you got that shock. I mean, it must have been a total shock Incredible. to you. Incredible! It was devastating. Uh, you know, it would have been devastating any time in my life, but having just spent six weeks on the road with him, you know, you really get close to the guys and you get, you know, you get, you hang out, you laugh, you, you, you pull pranks, you do all kinds of silly stuff on the road. Cause you know, that's what you do when you're out there. And, and then we watch them play. They watched us play. Uh, a, a good friend. He was a good friend. And, uh, you know, it goes without saying his, his, artistry and that 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 that's a given he's an amazing artist but he was a good friend and uh and and to lose anybody like that it, it's just, it was a shy i had n no idea because he was great on the road he uh he they did bring him to the stage from his dressing room every night with a golf cart because it was a long walk sometimes, mm -hmm. but that had nothing to do with his pulmonary situation or anything like that. It had to do with, he hurt his hip. Right. And he had a hip problem, and, and anybody at any age, if you're 20, if you have a uh, sore hip or something, that, to walk that far, is, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a challenge, you know. And so that's the only thing. Other than that, he was in great shape. His performance was excellent every night. It's just sad. He he and the rest of the Heartbreakers came to Santa Barbara Bowl, the gig there at the Santa Barbara Bowl, when I played with the Buffalo Springfield the, for the Buffalo Springfield reunion. He he and the rest of the Heartbreakers all showed up at that gig, and that was just how how respectful of the guy to do that because he's just, you know he loved Neil and he loved Stephen and right. you know Stephen and, and and Stephen and Don Felder and. Petty, we're all from Gainesville, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> still, you know, Stills and Felder, I mean, three amazing guitar players coming out of, you know, one city. But um, anyway, it was really, uh, really very sweet of him to come with the rest of the guys and see our show at the, at the Santa Barbara Bowl in 2011. In 2010, uh, we, uh, as in Crosby, Stills, and Nash, we did a bunch of dates with Tom Petty, and, and that's when I first got to know him and got to know the guys and all that and it was really awesome to see them all again they were all so nice to us and um, we had a great tour the year before we toured with bad company the same thing with those guys really great guys paul rogers was awesome and but tom petty and joe seemed like they 
two brothers from a different mother. You know, those two guys are a lot alike, and um, they got along incredibly well, and uh, they laughed a lot. And uh, um, yeah, he was in good spirits. Sad. Yeah, he was in good spirits, right? I mean, he really was. I mean, this is fortieth anniversary. How cool is that? And we got yeah. asked to do it with him, and what an honor! And um, just devastating the news. I was in my car. My son called me and said. Hey, Dad, Tom Petty had a heart attack. And I went, what? But you don't take that as he died. No. You know, you take that. Nowadays, the way medicine and medical procedures have come, I know a lot of guys, and I got a lot of friends with heart attacks, and they're still walking around, you know. Right. So, um, I mean, and so when I heard that, it still was shocking. It's like, whoa, what happened? He had a heart attack, and then the news changed, and now he was unconscious, and then the news said he had passed, and then his, and then, no, he hadn't passed, and it was like, what's going on? And and obviously, he succumbed to the day, later on the day, that night he passed, and it was like, all in one day. The day after the, the Las Vegas craziness, you know, and it was yeah. like, what a bad weekend that was. That, that was a terrible weekend. It really was. Um, now you're going to be going, I think to, I hope to see you in Connecticut. That would be a great Mohegan Sun Casino you're playing. Um, so you'll get, that's your first show. That's your first show back on the road. Um, right. Well, well, not really because we did, we did, uh, the veterans thing in, in Fairfax. That was, oh, right. That was just like a one-off, but yeah, this is, we're back. Yeah, in Connecticut, and uh, and speaking of Vegas, we'll and speaking of Vegas, yep. you'll be there on uh, November sixteenth. That's right, and for we got three shows at the house right. of blues there. Uh, what's ironic about that horrible weekend was uh, our three dates at the House of Blues in the Mandalay Bay Hotel mm. were supposed to be the last week of September. Mm. We would have been there when that happened. Jeez. Uh, and the only reason we moved it is because the Eagles had a show to do up in Seattle, the big Northwest concert, the SeaTac Stadium or wherever it was. And, um, uh, and so they moved our Vegas show to the uh, mid November, but it was supposed to be, we were scheduled for the end of September and we would have been right there, right when it happened. That's, that's shocking. In that very, in that very hotel. So it's yeah. like, you know, you, you 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 get down on your knees and you thank God that you didn't experience that or want to expose that or any of your people or family were hurt or anything. But you know, it was it was pretty amazing that that when all of a sudden all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, we were going to be there, and we stayed at that hotel, and we played at that hotel, and and I remember looking out my window last time we were in Vegas, and you could see that field right across the street. It's a big open lot. Had a couple of cement pilings that looked like somebody wanted to build a hotel or something and ran out of money. That's right. what that field looked like. Right. And that's exactly what, you know, they put down some AstroTurf, some seats and a stage and lights and sound, and you got a concert, you know. Right. And those poor people were just, you know, just there out, no, no cover, no, just this sick son yeah. of a bitch just fired, you know, just crazy. And it's, it's just scary, because that's what we do for a living. It's scary. 
Yeah, it is. Um, but you never, just like nine eleven, you would never expect a human being to be capable. Never expect it, and we're not gonna. We're not gonna just like the, his song said. We're not gonna back down. We're gonna keep doing what we do. We're not gonna let terrorists terrorize us or sickos terrorize terrorize right. us. We're you gonna can. do what we do, and just like Tom Petty said, you know, we won't back down. And, right. Um, and God bless him for that statement. You know. Hey, absolutely. Jason Aldean, the following Saturday on Saturday Night Live, opened with "You won't back down" or "Won't back down." Yep, I remember. I know that. Yep. Now, Warren, so, you want to ask? Yeah, it's a. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry, Joe. No, I'm just going to say it's a, it's a, it's such a great loss. You know, it's a, it's a loss all the way around, and and the, the fact that there's, you know, he was beloved by millions of people. His his music was amazing, and. And uh, we were hoping to, you know, for a, a new Tom Petty album pretty soon, you know, right. or something like that. And the guy, the band was incredible on this tour. Geez, they were, they made it look so easy and they sounded so good. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, things like that once in a while, you know, you just, there's no explanation. For did you ever it, get you know? the, did you ever get the jam with them? With Tom? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. And uh, he, he's a player, you know, and he loves to play and jam and, and, you know, and the rest of the guys in the band, uh, all them guys are amazing players and heartbreakers. And yeah. I don't know what they're going to do, really. I, I I would like to see them be a band again, you know, but not, that's obviously not a, a tribute to Tom Petty tribute, but, but they're such a good band. I think they should... I think they should be a band. I think they should be the Heartbreakers and, and record a new album with their music and and just keep the, the name going in in honor of Tom Petty. You know, just, right. they were so good. Um, you know, then again, you know, other people might say, "Nah, put it put it to rest." I don't know. It's up to them guys, of course. But they were so so good, and um, you don't you. It's hard to find that kind of chemistry. You don't just form a band and you're great. You know. Uh, them guys had a chemistry about them, and um, you know, of course, the leader has passed. But you know, those guys uh, still have quite a bond. You know, and um, absolutely, I, I'd like to see them play some more, and in some kind of—I don't know how and what—and I may be completely wrong. Maybe that's not what do it. Uh, you know, I hate to see things like that just completely stop. You know. Well, that's Certainly why I think. The doors. Yeah, the Doors carried on with uh, two more albums. After, yeah, they uh, did. Morrison passed. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. And I'm that's, not sure what know, to think right. about that, but. <laughs> well, I mean, well, you know, the, the Doors were whole. That, that was a different. I mean, Morrison was like it. He was. He was. Doors, yeah. You know? And and Tom Petty, he he shared the stage with these guys, and they all shined. You know, and. Uh, and he, he was like that. He was a very non-selfish guy and he, he wanted his band to shine and, and it made him look good, you know, and, um, he, he was, he was a different guy and, and, uh, you know, and, and he was such one of the good ones out there. It's so sad because, you know, you don't ever want to see anybody that way. He was like really a special, special artist. Well, I'm, Absolutely. I'm, you know, we've been talking about the tour or touring and a band. So, Joe, who else is in the band uh, that'll that we'll see in Connecticut and elsewhere? Um, uh, Joe has he he's got two bands actually. He's got the larger band that you'll see in Connecticut, the same guys as we had on tour with Tom Petty. 
And then we've got uh, the Barnstorm Band, which is a little smaller band. Okay. And, uh, and uh, I don't know if he's going to do anything with that. I hope he does. That's a good band, too. I mean, we, we play a little differently in each band, you know. And in Barnstorm, he's able to really stretch out a lot more, and so is the band. The whole band, is. We, we jam a lot more, and we stretch out a little bit. With the bigger band, with the singers and everything, we... We stick to a lot of the arrangements, like the records and all that, and people love that anyway. And but but they also love to hear Joe jam and just stretch out and make it up as you go along, you know. Well, Barnstorm would be a trio then, right? It would that like it was. Well, yeah, we have it. It was a trio, but um, we uh, we we have uh, Tom Bukovac on guitar and Jimmy Wallace on keys uh, as support for yes. with us. We had different guys playing with us years ago and on tour, but uh, the 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 barnstorm is yes, it's a trio. Me and Joe and Kenny Petra, that's barnstorm. But right. you know, for live, we you had a couple of guys because of the the way we made the records and everything, and and uh, we all all sing, and you know, I mean, it's it's a complete band. It's a really good band. I, I love the interview that Warren did with you and. Uh... Uh, Kenny, I thought I don't know if you had a chance to read it, but uh, yeah, oh yeah, sure did. It was really good. It was fun. It was really nice. It was a fun time. Thank you again for that. Yeah, yeah, no, it was good, uh, and uh, it was very. It was informative and funny, and you know all kinds of stuff. You know. Well, you had a funny story about uh, Robert Plant um, in Cleveland, Led Zeppelin. Uh, you played at a, a club, I guess, right? With Zeppelin? Or? Yeah, well, they, we brought them down from Cleveland because uh, we, we had a gig together and we brought them down to Cleveland because, you know, we were all in our 20s and we didn't go to bed. <laughs> we, <laughs> we stayed up and played music all night, you know. And uh, so we brought them down to a club in Kent and uh, and we didn't tell anybody. And within like 10 minutes, the, the, they had to call the fire marshal. There were so many people in the club. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it was jam-packed to the ceiling. And... What a great uh, hour and a half jams and, and just killer stuff we did with them and um, and uh, the owner of the club was Polish he was he couldn't even hardly speak English and uh, he uh, at the end of the at the end of the night he, he probably sold more beer that night than he did all year <laughs> and uh, at the end of the night he went up to Robert Plant and said Hey are you guys open on Thursdays <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it just it was, if you knew this guy, it would be like, oh, great, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah, you will open on Thursday. <laughs> it's Robert Plant and Jimmy Page. Are you kidding? <laughs> you get a nice cut at the door. I, I don't know. It, 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 Jimmy, one of them, I can't remember which one to do, but one of them looked at the other one and said, are we open? Are we, really? <laughs> they, were just, they were just screwing with him, you know. But <laughs> I'll never forget that. that. It was so embarrassing yet so hilarious. Right. Now, what kind of songs did you get? What were you up on stage with them? Did... Oh, we were doing all kinds of stuff. Season of the Witch. We were doing ah, nice uh, one. Yeah, you know that kind of stuff. Just stuff that I think we even might have done. I think we did. We might have done uh, Down by the River. Oh. Uh, what else? You know, songs that you just call in, in the air and say, "Ah, oh, let's do that one," and you, everybody knows it. That kind yes, of thing, you yes. know. And, God, uh, that had to be fun. You know, like songs like Going Down or, you know, any of the old stuff like that where, you know, any Chuck Berry. It's just stuff that everybody knows and you can easily jam on. Nothing complicated, but, but all good music. And it was just incredible. No wonder he wanted to know if they were open on Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> 
If only that were on film, that whole scene. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. But you know what's really sad about back then and compared to now is how cool that it would have been to have uh, people with their phones video. Yes. And, I mean, you know, there's, we lost so much back then because we didn't have the technology. And then once the great big giant VHS and Betamax cameras, nobody was dragging those stupid things. Right. Clubs, you know, not for me. Everybody's got a, everybody's got a phone. So, but there's so much stuff back then. Uh, that's lost to history. That, that we lost because we didn't have it filmed. Unlike, I must admit, unlike the Beatles, who before they even got giant huge, yep. somebody in their really smart person, people, thought, you know what, these guys are going to be, we better get some of this on foot, footage of this because right. it's so good. They they had some insight that none of us thought, you know, we didn't have it, and uh, they did. That's why there's so much incredible old footage of them and picture yeah. photographs and documentation, all this stuff. It's like... And it that, keeps that coming out. very wise. And it keeps coming. <laughs> and it was so wise of somebody to to document this this incredible foursome and the Beatles. I mean, and, then, and there's footage and there's like... Man, who was smart enough to do that? God bless them. <laughs> well, thank God we still have you to talk to so you can tell us about some of the stuff that is not documented. Because um, it would be lost to history. And Well, I, yeah, and, and I hate it that, that we don't have footage. I, I hate it that I don't have a video of my very first band. It was How cool it would be to, to watch that and just, you know, we sucked. But, <laughs> you know, we, but it was we a learning kids. process. We're, Right. But I would have loved. To, I'd love to see it and uh, and just you know and and just reminisce and, and look at. But now there's nothing. There's nothing. Well, I know you got to get, get going, but before we leave, um, I want to ask you: Is there a song you would like to play um, with Joe Walsh that isn't being played now on the tour? Something, oh, maybe something from Barnstorm. Uh, Probably at the station. Ah, okay. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I'd like to do any of the weirdos instrumentals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, those, are good. those are good. Boat weirdos, island weirdos, baroque weirdos. Jeez, yep. uh, I think there was another weirdos. Anyway, <laughs> uh, weirdos is, is the flip side of one of Pat and my favorite songs. Life's been good. Yeah, yeah, well, we do that every night, but um, any of the instrumental weirdo things I love, but I love At The Station, I love uh, Secondhand Store, uh, what else? Oh, oh, there's a, so, oh, there's some stuff on So What, Co County Fair, yeah, uh, that's, and, and, and uh, what else? There's just such, uh, his catalog is so fun. And, is, jo um, is Joe open? Is he open to playing? Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. It's just, he's completely open for it. And and what you got to do is you have to hit him up with the idea at the right time. And that's got to be also at rehearsal. You can't ever just hit him up like that on the road because <laughs> we don't have yeah. proper time. He'll go, you know, he'll, he'll We'll never be able to do it on the road. Because, right. But at rehearsal is when we talk about this stuff. And slowly we've been, and I'll tell you what, since we did that Barnstorm gig in Colorado, since then, he's been really open 
into looking more into the Barnstorm catalog. And including, and there's also a James Gang catalog stuff. Yeah. We, we haven't played Ten, Ten My Garden in years. Huh. We, we used to do that. What a great song that is. And, um, uh, you know, like I say, there's just a lot of stuff that, um, that we're, we're looking at maybe, uh, trying because, um, we, you know, we, we have to do the hits, of course, but, yes. but, uh, there's a whole slew of great songs that, you know, that, that we could do live. And, and, and I just would like to know about 50 songs and then, then he could just throw them out. Oh yeah. Know, and you know how music, you know how music fans are. The, you had to give them some water cooler talk to say, you won't believe what Joe Walsh played last night. <laughs> well, I remember once that Graham Nash did, and I thought it was a very cool idea. Uh, and like around 2011 or something, we were going going out to do a Crosby, Stills, Nash tour, and he went into Facebook or email. I don't know what he did. Maybe it was even MySpace back then. I don't know, but uh, Facebook maybe. But um, he uh, he said, "Hey, uh, what songs would you like to hear on the up and coming Crosby, Stills, and Nash tour?" And he got thousands of requests. But what you do is you take it all and find the common thread of songs you know right and we found that there was about 10 songs that a lot a lot many people wanted to hear and we went into those 10 songs and we did maybe five or six of them wow. and uh and it was really cool that we got that from that many you know just survey the people what do you, what do you want to hear yeah because you know fans play what they want to play sometimes because they're either lazy or they don't feel like learning something new but you know, but then if you take the time to learn it, man, is it fun to play new material. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just to get the reaction from the crowd, too. You don't know if Yeah, it... and, you know. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you for taking the time, and I hope to see you in uh, the casino up in Mohegan Sun. Yeah, and... come and find me, and, uh, and we'll talk some more. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Thank, thank, you. Guys. thank you, Warren. Guys have a good day. Thank you. All right, thank you. Thanks, Warren. Uh-huh. See you. Bye-bye. Well, thank you, Joe Vitale. And also thank you, Warren Kurtz, Goldmine contributor, for being on the podcast chat, too. Be sure to check out Joe Vitale on tour with Joe Walsh and also while performing with Walsh's Vets Aid concerts, charity concerts for military vets. It's a great charity. You can go to vetsaid.org for that. And you could also go to goldminemag.com and read latest uh, Warren Kurtz interview with Joe Vitale about the barnstorm days with Joe Walsh. Also, don't forget to pick up Goldmine at your select Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and indie record stores. Now we're going to switch uh, to the persuasions. And first off, um, you know, before we get into the persuasions, we have a song that they created for us. Um, the persuasions were prepping for their Halloween show at the Brooklyn Botanic Garden on October 28th, and they recorded a fun version of the Monster Mash for Halloween. Uh, here it is. We're going to play it. And then we're going to uh, go right into the interview with the Persuasions. 
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We've assembled an all-star cast for this year's Halloween ball. We have Elias Frankenstein, for as you can see, he's freakishly tall. And we have Grandpa Jayotis from Brooklyn Bed-Sky. As you can see, he's a natural for that vampire guy. And as ghoulish as a ghoul can get, we have Raymond to host this unholy set. And what party would be complete for our very ghastly feast? Without Sam as Igor and Cliff is Harry Beast. I was working late in my lab one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster on the slab began to rise and suddenly. To my surprise, he did the monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He caught on in a flash. He did the graveyard match. From my dormitory in the castle east to the monster bedrooms at the vampire's feast, the ghouls all came from their humble abodes to get the jewels from my electrode. They did the monster match. It was a graveyard smash. It was a monster mash. They did the graveyard smash. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. Our guest included the Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. The place was rocking all the digging the sound. Eagle unchanged back by his baying hounds. Coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Fire. They played the Monster Mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the Monster Mash. It was a graveyard smash. How his coffin drag's voice did ring? Seems he was troubled by just one thing. He opened a lid, looked around, shook his fist, and said, and do the Pennsylvania twist. It's not the monster mash. It's not the monster mash. It's not the monster mash. They did the monster mash. Now everything is cool. Drax a part of the band, and my monster mash is the hit of the land. For you, the living, this mash could be yours too. When you arrive at my door, tell a Bora sent you. Then you can monster mash. And do the graveyard smash. You do the monster mash. You do the graveyard smash. Yes, you can monster mash. You do the graveyard smash. You can on in the flash. You do the monster mash. The monster mash. Hello? Yes. Uh, Jay Otis is on the line. Jay? Yes. Hey, Jay Otis, okay. how are you? I'm fine, Patrick. How are you, sir? Good. And Dave, Dave, you're on? Yep. Do you prefer to call Jay or Jay Otis? Uh, Jay Otis. Okay. So. Uh, yes. So let's, uh, let's talk about the beginning of the persuasions. Uh, Dave, you came in. A little later, right? But, Jay Otis, you were one of the original members. Yes. 
And you guys basically decided to let's start up a, a group and you started singing on street corners and in the subway. Um, that, that sounds like a lot of fun, but I know it's hard work. Maybe you can. Well, it was it was fun because we we liked what we were doing. And, and of course, the subway system was a lot different than it is now, right? I mean, did you were you on platforms or did you go in the subway car? Did you? No, we went we went down 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 the steps and and, and uh. And started. Uh, that's where we started. In terms of uh, looking for an echo. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So you would look for the right spot. Yes, sir. That's that's pretty cool. So, Dave, yeah. Dave, tell me about how you came to join the band. Well, uh, it's like a a weird and long circle. When I was about fifteen years old. Uh, I had a group, and I met Jay Otis Washington. Uh, he was like, how the group I had? And uh, my group didn't know anything about harmony, and Jay taught us harmony. And then uh, years later, his, his teaching, I was able to join a group called the Drifters. You might know about them. Yep. And I performed with two of the original members, Jay Otis Washington, I mean, Charlie Thomas and Ellsbury Hobbs. But then what happened was, I went to B.B. King and I sort of met the group back then uh, and really got to know them a little bit. But what happened was I got a call out of the blue from Jimmy Hayes asking me if I was available to do a show. And I said, sure. And the show was like the next couple of days. And I didn't know it at the time, but the, the lead singer at the time, Jerry Lawson, had, had just quit the group without telling them. And... Uh, and told everybody that, according to Jimmy and Jay, had told them that the group broke up. Mm. That's what he told the buyer. And then, of course, the buyer was frantic. And I didn't know all this drama, you understand? I just, to me, it was a chance to sing with guys I loved. So uh, on the way down to the gig, it was Lynchburg, Virginia. I learned the, I learned the show to the best I could. And uh, that's, my, that's my introduction to the persuasions on stage. Huh. And it worked well. So Jerry Lawson just kind of, that was it. He just decided to do his own thing. You know, he's... You know, you, you know we, we, we all have our opinions. I haven't heard from Jimmy, uh, from Jerry Lawson uh, uh, since he left. Yeah. And that's uh, o- over 10 years. And that's even, and, with, uh, that's even with Jimmy's passing, um, which was this year, right? Yes. So you haven't even heard about from him about that. No, only only that his uh his ex wife and daughter came to the uh came to the funeral and uh supposedly uh, uh represented uh Jerry Lawson. I don't know whether he's sick or or whatever the case may be, but but they came and they represented uh Jerry Lawson. Um I want to go back to how I find it really interesting that Frank Zappa came into your life and it was through a record store, right? That's right. Journal Square record store owned by the late Stan Krause. Wow. Who, 
who was uh, 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 how would you say representing us? Mm. He was like our first manager, and he, you know, so uh, so. But the trip is the trip is when when we uh, when we when, excuse me when we uh, 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 we used to go there and and, and sing, and he used to pipe us. Uh, so that our sound would be outside, and there was there was this guy by the name of uh, uh, Dave Dashes, mm. who was who was also one of the producers of uh, what's the name of that that picture. It, it was a basketball picture. I can think of it later. Okay. But anyway, he heard us, and uh, he said, wow. You know, he said, I, I want to make a call. So he made this call to uh, Frank Zappa, but we didn't know it was him. And, uh, in fact, we never heard of uh, Frank Zappa, yeah. you know, especially his type of music. Right. You know, so uh, anyway... He, he, we, we, he said, okay, guys, sing. So we sang over the telephone, and, a, and about, a, about a week later, we had a, a six round trip tickets to Los Angeles, and that's when we recorded for, uh, uh, for Frank Zappa. <laughs> that's a, yeah. That's, that's a heck of a story. Yeah. It was uh, a yeah. cappella. It was on Straight Records, right? Nineteen seventy. So, what was your first impression? You get off the the plane in L.A. Frank Zappa meets you. <laughs> I I, I kind of felt I kind of felt like uh 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 Stevie Wonder, where he uh he said, "Wow, New York City, everything was all what I." what I thought it would be and stuff like that. I can't think of that album that Stevie Wonder did, yeah. you know. But uh, uh, it was great, you know, after a while. But then, to tell you the truth, I learned not I learned not to uh, like Los Angeles. Yeah, it's, a diff it's different than uh, New York, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, now then, the persuasions were, they opened up for Frank Zappa and the Mothers, right? Is that correct? In Virginia Beach. Yeah. Did, didn't you play Carnegie Hall, 71? Yes. What was Yeah. We, yeah. Carnegie what? Hall we played. Yeah. What was it like opening up for Zappa and the Mothers? Well, for, for the way I feel about it, uh, the way I feel, felt about it is that... Uh, 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 we getting a chance to perform. Yeah, of uh, course. Like I said, I, like I said, I, I didn't. You know, we didn't know anything about uh, uh, Frank Zappa. You know, but after that, after uh, uh, Carnegie Hall, we got a chance to to open up for him in Virginia Beach. Yeah. In fact, we we were supposedly the first black act there. And at Virginia Beach. Wow, that was 19, 1971? 
Yeah, someplace yeah. around there. Yeah. And and, and because and, and uh, they were there were no black acts to come there because of the uh, uh, the color line. Yeah. But I'm sure Carnegie Hall was a blast. Uh, yeah. Great sound system. Yes. So now let's fast forward years later. You made a a Zappa tribute CD, frankly yes. a cappella. Exactly. That's great. Uh huh. I love these tribute things that you guys are doing. Those must yeah. be a lot of fun to make, no? Yeah, they were because it was new to us. It it, it was new, new music. Well, I'm saying it's you first. You have to listen to all the music if you're not familiar with it, and then you right give it your own spin, the acapella spin. Exactly, it was new to us. Yep. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite? You did Grateful Dead. Um, I wanted to talk to you about doing the Beatles a little bit because th- uh-huh. those guys, were, the Beatles, are always good with harmony. So that must have been a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, uh, 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 Dave is responsible for those for those uh, uh, harmonies. Oh, Dave, you, did, Dave, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. So yeah, that must have been that. That must have been a lot of fun. Yeah, for the Beatles, the, uh, that that wasn't the first album that I got. I got to arrange. I came in. Uh, Jerry Lawson was still there at the time, and uh, I was brought in to sing on the album. And uh, so uh, it was like a student going to school with all these great guys around me, you know. Yeah. And uh, on that album, uh, one of the interesting sidebars in the song "Octopus Garden." Yes. Uh, in the middle, of the, in the middle of the recording, which was live, uh, Jerry mouth um, to me said, "Whistle," and the whistling solo I did in that song was improvised. I didn't even get a chance to think about it. I just started whistling, and uh, it, it, you know, if I had to sit and think about what I did, it was just a moment. But that was like a great learning experience. I learned about the persuasions firsthand. You know how they worked out the material, how they prepped for it. And that helped me going forward because after Jerry left, I kind of took that formula where, you know, I'd, I'd work first with the bass, which was Jimmy Hayes, mm. and uh, we would, uh, you know, work up the the sort of melody and the, the rhythm, and then you know bring it to Jay, the rest of the group, and then they'll just create the harmonies around it. So it's kind of a lot of fun. So and the, and the reason. Excuse me for cutting you off, Dave. Yeah. But the reason is that once Jimmy knew the uh, uh, knew knew how the song goes, that's when we put our spin on it in terms of our, our voices. That's interesting. What? Yeah, that. That that's uh, a great that's a great story about Octopus's Garden. What what was your favorite Beatles song to do on that album? Yeah. For me, me it was eight days a week. Really? Why was that? Because of the harmony. It was like a real cool harmony. And uh, I like voices and vocals and harmony, so it had a real warm sound to it. So it um, just had a real cool feel, you know. That's why I like that. 
What would be cool for you guys to do would be like a Beach Boys, uh, Brian Wilson. Oh, we did. We did. Uh, before the Bare Naked Ladies album, not to jump too far ahead, I, 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 we met Kevin Hearn at the Apollo Theater. It was a memorial for Lou Reed. And uh, he said, he, he told me, he, he emailed me and called me up and said that I got a project I'm working on, uh, Heroes and Villains, Brian Wilson. Oh. He, uh, he sent me the song. He said, um, you know, would you guys record this with me because we're doing, I'm doing a project with a lot of other artists. And I asked him, I said, well, do you mind if we put our own spin on it? You know, do we have to do just like that? He said, no, go for it. So, you know, I did the arrangement on that one and sent it to him. And he didn't even bother coming to record again because he loved what we did. Hmm. And that that was the opening for the what wound up being an album project with Bare Naked Ladies. Right. Ah. Now, how did you how did you get in touch with Bare Naked Ladies? How did that how did that happen? Yeah. It was. It were, we're, uh, Kevin Hearn was he was the musical director for Lou Reed for about ten years before he passed. So mm-hmm. when the when they did the memorial, Lou Reed's wife asked us to be there because he had taken the persuasions to Lou Reed. That is, I took the persuasions to England with him on tour. Mm-hmm. So we we did the memorial, and at the memorial, Kevin heard us, and then we started talking, and we became sort of like a instant uh, friendship. And then he uh, called me up to do that Brian Wilson tune for another project. And then they were coming to New York to do a show at Central Park. And I said, hey, why don't we come by and do a couple songs with you? So they sent us a couple songs. We practiced them. We, we met them for the first time, the rest of the group, at Central Park at Soundcheck. And uh, never sang before with them. And uh, we did the two songs, and the response from the crowd was phenomenal. And we had an instant chemistry with the whole group. So then... Uh, they invited us to do a, 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 a fundraiser for the Beverly School in, in Toronto, school for uh, uh, disabled and uh, challenged children. Right. And so they said, well, guys, since you're up here doing this, this uh, benefit, why don't we just take a couple of days in the studio and see what we can come up with? So I said to Kevin after that, I said, just, just send me songs of you guys. And uh, he kept sending me songs, and I kept saying, yeah, we got it, we got it. So we rehearsed all the material here in New York, and when we got up there, I don't think they were prepared for that. They thought they were going to get maybe two or three songs in the can. We wound up recording uh, 15 songs in less than 24 hours, live off the floor, no overdubs, and that became the album. Well, you've gotten a lot of good reviews for it. Uh, All Music gave it four out of five stars. Yeah. Washington Times, Digital Journal, and A. I mean, you got you guys got great reviews on this album. It was it was fun, you know. Like uh, uh, I I did the arrangements in it, but you know I was just fortunate that I had Jay Otis who was and Jimmy at the time who totally backed me and didn't, you know, you know it was teamwork effort. You know, they they read it back the ideas I had, and we all gave it our all and we walked into the studio to have fun. And, uh, you know, when we first, I can still remember looking at Ed Robertson, the leader of the group, when we, when we, when we counted off the first Bare Naked Lady song. And the, the kind of impression I got was that, you know, he thought it was going to be something real simple. But we were so prepared that it forced them to just go for it. And they really played their behinds off. And, uh, it, it took their music to a different, uh, I won't say level, just a different direction. And it became something that we we just 
we just vibe together with instant chemistry musically and talent wise and personality and the end result was an album that the public loved and uh, critics did too so we are very excited and happy about that yeah i mean that it says a lot after making what 26 albums well was your 26 you know, that's what excuse me that's that's what they count but i think we did more than that <laughs> you're probably really? you're probably I, right I think, man I, yeah i think we did close to uh close to 30 albums right and and on that note we we made see there's something about it kind of reminds me of aretha franklin where uh uh she would put a spin on somebody's song and, and you would think it's a new song yes well well with us that was the same thing yeah you know we and, and and that's where the respect comes from from it, from uh, uh from the group itself is that we we uh, uh respected what somebody was doing L like i think of uh, um uh duke ellington yes where where they don't they don't say they don't uh he he didn't he didn't have he he just got got hold of some great musicians and let the musicians play their instrument hmm. and yeah. put their spin on on the on the song and that's what we that's what we did and that's what we do sometimes that's where the respect comes in sometimes that's the best creation you know spontaneous just let it happen. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Patrick, you know, from my, from my experience, you know, people would suggest songs, like you just suggested um, the Beach Boys to right. Brian Wilson. Right. That's what happened. Somebody would suggest a body of work to us. Like, when, when, I, like I, said, when I came in and Chesky Records, the A&R guy was this British guy, I don't remember his name, but he suggested that a group do U2. Yeah. Now, prior to the suggestion, we didn't know who U2 was. Yeah. That's for sure. He gave us a collector of the music, and we took it home, and it, it, it clicked, you know. For us, if we like the music, you know, we're going for it, you know. That's why the group's sound or or style is hard to pin down, because it's, it's just, I just call it music. In other words, it's not R&B, soul, jazz, blues, gospel, whatever. Right. It's, it's, it's basically if we like the song, you know, and with you too, the song from that that's become really our signature. Uh, uh, one of our signature songs is a song still haven't found what I'm looking for. And that's a great, mm -hmm. that's a perfect one, I think. Well, uh, you know, the thing is, since we recorded it, Patrick, it's morphed into a whole different level because, you know, when you take the thing about I learned about when you record, when you yeah. take it to the public, the energy from the audience takes the song another place. Yep. So if we recorded it now, it'll be it'll have a different uh, feel to it because the audience brought their very read into it, which is their reaction. So now it's 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 a uh, it's got a whole different feel to it, um, even more celebratory, you know. So and that's how we find, you know, when you take the music after recording and start doing it live, every audience bring something new to that you hear and you react to it and you sing it that way you know and i'll tell you yeah i'll tell you the kings of acapella thank you so much it was an honor you and, know i have to say 
I have to say one more thing. Yeah, go there ahead. Was, there, there was a guy there, the, the guy by the name of Ira Freytag. Yeah. And and he he gave us that name. The Persuasions. No. The, the kings, kings of, of acapella. acapella. He did. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He gave us that name because we were behind the curtain and getting ready to go on. And, yeah. and the announcer said, and now, ladies and gentlemen, from Brooklyn, New York, the kings of acapella. And That's that great. was it. Yeah. We can sing. We we can sing with bands or anything because we're already established as to who we are. With the with the persuasions, and, and and know this that they say. Well, what do you what do you guys do? We sing songs for folks. Yes, that's what. Yeah, we're folk singers. Yeah, we exactly we're folk singers. Yeah. Well, I tell you, uh, someone who just passed away, uh, Tom Petty. I could see yeah, you. Yeah. I, I could see you covering his songs, like especially with the traveling Wilburys and that kind of stuff. The I could see that. I could see you putting out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's me exactly too, Patrick. People like yourself, you know, they they hear the group and they they, they say, "Wow, why would they sound like doing this?" Yes. So, yep. That's what we keep doing. You know, like I said, right now, you know, we're 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 just excited about working with. You know, new artists, you know, when I say new artists, any artists that uh, we like the music of, there's so many people out here we like right now, so, you know, give them our numbers. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I'm going to I'm yeah. gonna leave that with you then, the Tom Petty. Think about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, may, you know, we may put one together and send it to you for fun. How's All that? right, yeah, I'd love that. Hey, Stay good well. luck and God bless. Take care. Take care now. Well, thank you, Jay Otis and Dave of the Persuasions. And I hope everyone enjoyed this version of the Goldmine Magazine podcast, the last of October. And don't forget to pick up uh, the latest of the Persuasions. Ladies and gentlemen, Bare Naked Ladies and the Persuasions on Vanguard. Okay, we'll see you next time. This is Pat Prince of Goldmine Magazine signing off. Cheers.